welcome to the Mindful Creator Podcast. I live by the philosophy that good or bad, we create everything in our life. If you're listening, my hope is that this podcast plants the seed in your mind that you can be the mindful creator of your world and that you might be inspired to take action to create your best life by whatever learnings impact you the most. Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Mindful Creator Podcast. Uh, joining me on the podcast today is founder of Uncomplicated Skincare, Palvi Kunreji. Palvi is a youth development lead with the Prince's Trust, uh, you know, guiding and inspiring young people to create a career that is both fulfilling and rewarding. And on top of that, more recently, she embarked on the journey of entrepreneurship with the focus on skincare. Um, and more specifically, skincare to promote self-love and to also combine the cultural influences of Africa and India, which is where your heritage is from. So, Pavi, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me, Dirk. Yeah, anytime, honestly. Um, so, you know, let's talk about um, the Prince's Trust first, because that's quite a unique position to be working in. You've got, like, huge impact on so many people's lives, uh, so many young people's lives. What inspired you to do that? How did you even fall into that? And, you know, why do you do it? Okay, so um, I was actually a young person on one of um, the Princess Trust programs. Okay. So I, this was about two years ago, I was um, thinking about starting a business, but I wasn't sure about how to go about it because I've not really, you know, I've not got a degree in business studies or anything like that. I had no knowledge of business. Um, so I literally just Googled um, business programs mm -hmm. during my lunch break when I was working at the NHS and I came across the Prince's Trust. Um, I signed up straight away and this was during lockdown. So the program was obviously purely online. It's, it was a year long program where they help you with like a business plan to help you to figure out how your finances um, would help. Um, they help you kind of understand if you, you even got a viable business. Um, they, they give you like a mentor and you have that kind of support throughout the year. Um, and you get a chance to attend, like we had like online workshops okay. where um, we would have like guest speakers. Um, so we had one of the dragons from Dragon's Den oh, wow. on there. Um, we have like, um, we had, um, I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was someone in Apple We've had workshops with L'Oreal. Um, you have like um, accountants that come on and help you. So there's lots of different kind of professionals and partnerships um, that are involved. And they're just there to provide you that knowledge yeah. to help you kind of um, build a business, basically. Um, That's super interesting because like I've got a degree in accounting and finance, yeah. uh, which is a large part of that was business focused. But what you just said in the 20 seconds that you just summed up the, the, the whole process of the Princess Trust sounds more, um, I'd say, informative and valuable because it's like, it sounds more specifically business related. And then you've got people who are other mentors that you mentioned, people who have their own businesses. Yeah. So they, the business mentors are basically volunteers okay. um, who have their, have their businesses or have previously set up businesses. Um, so they kind of help um, you with things that you might not have considered. Um, for example, I hadn't kind of thought about doing any like market research or I hadn't thought about how I would um, go about doing that. So my mentor helped me um, 
figure that out how we would get you know samples out to the public and have like a you know online form so that I could get feedback and things like that amazing so you know that that's obviously incredibly practical advice um so is that the kind of stuff that you're doing now as one of the people who's working with the Prince's Trust so like gone full circle or not there just yet no no so at the so what happened was um my background over the last couple of years has been working in health and social care so I that they have the Prince's Trust have a few different programs so they that the on enterprise program is the business program that I did okay. and then they have other kind of programs which help you um for example, if you don't know what you want to do, um, what career you want to take, um, you basically can go onto these programs. They give you a little snapshot into what it might entail. So I'm part of the health and social care program. So we have kind of partnerships with like the NHS, mm -hmm. um, London Ambulance Services, um, and like other health and social care providers. So we kind of help young people understand like what kind of roles you would be going into so they're mostly entry-level roles but it helps young people understand what is kind of what health and social care entails like you know you might be um, working closely with someone who might have um, learning needs mental health issues might be elderly children whoever, whoever mm -hmm. you know the, the patients are but it's just giving them that kind of understanding of what um, they're going into um, and we just basically provide them that support um, to go through that process of applications, CVs, interviews, um, as if, as you can imagine, when you were 18 years old, going to your first interview is such a daunting experience. Yeah. You don't even know what kind of questions um, might be thrown at you. You don't know how you should dress. You don't know anything. So yeah. we kind of provide them with that support and like those tips and kind of tricks that you might um that might help them and they're basically guaranteed an interview at the end of the program okay um and we support them in, with the onboarding process and then three months into them if they land the role we still help them because you know it's all about kind of expectation management kind of making sure they don't feel overwhelmed um just making sure that they feel that you know it's normal to kind of feel like i don't know what's happening right now um so yeah that's the basis of the health and social care program okay that sounds incredible and i can imagine just there's a couple of things that you touched on there which i think are really important topics of discussion that most people uh, or a lot of people would love to talk about and probably a lot of people don't um which is i think the biggest thing is people are expected to know what they should do uh and actually from quite a young age so you know, there's especially from an Asian background, generally, you know, there's an expectation that by the time you're 23, you should have already made huge strides and progress in your career, uh, unless you're still training to be a doctor or something yeah. that takes a little bit longer. Um, by 27, you should be married and have had a kid. And then by 30 and 35, there should be other milestones that are being hit. So was this some of the pressure that you were noticing about yourself? Um, and how did you kind of navigate that? Yeah, um, I think I felt um, like in my 20s, especially as soon as I graduated from university, I did kind of feel that pressure um, to kind of, you know, get married and have kids before I was 30, um, especially when you see everyone around you, like your friends yeah. and family, um, you know, going through that. Um, luckily, like for me, um, my parents and like my immediate family, um, I didn't feel that pressure from them. They've been quite supportive um but it kind of 
you know you do kind of put that pressure on yourself sometimes um so I think I did feel it throughout my 20s quite a lot um and I think it only I only stopped feeling that pressure after I turned 30 because that is like the the big number that you're supposed to have like your whole life together <laughs> by um and it was like about three months before I was turning 30 and I was just unemployed I wasn't married didn't have kids I didn't know what was happening in my career and I kind of just like felt so lost um and I was going through a really tough time um and I think that's when I decided that you know what is what is the big deal about turning 30 so what if I haven't got my life together doesn't mean that my life is not gonna get better after 30 yeah. and I think over the last couple of years um since turning 30 what I found is I'm actually doing things now that um I actually genuinely want to do which actually bring me joy versus before it was all kind of putting pressure on myself to try and hit these kind of unrealistic goals that I was maybe setting myself uh, if you don't mind sharing what are some of those unrealistic goals that you were putting pressure on yourself for that were culturally kind of um culturally motivated is probably the best way to put it yeah um obviously the biggest one is probably um getting married okay. and having kids um it's kind of you know every kind of event that you might go to and um, there's family and friends there you know you're going to get asked that question as a south asian person person i'm sure it's not um i'm not the only one that gets those questions it's quite common but i think even when it's coming from maybe like a place of like care and concern it still kind of makes you realize that this is something that is on everyone's kind of mind um yeah. and unknowingly they might be putting that that pressure on you and so kind of in return I was putting it on myself um and yeah maybe um you know I stayed in relationships that I shouldn't maybe have stayed in just because I was trying to get to that end goal yeah um and yeah I think now I, I see I see it differently because I think you know I'd rather be single and happy and you know do what I want to do versus um you know putting that pressure on myself to kind of meet everyone else's like expectations and goals of what they should they want my life to be yeah I completely resonate with that because as soon as I mean I'm 36 now 35 even I won't age myself further than I need to um but you know I'm 35 now and when I turned 30 I felt like I was only just finding traction yeah um you know I dropped out of the first degree that I ever went to and then did uni again after that purely because I saw all my friends having jobs in banking and finance and everything like that so I didn't really do the degree for me to go and have that career yeah. I did it to satisfy what the stigma was um and ultimately at the end of it I decided that actually I don't even want to pursue that career yeah so you know it still taught me a lot but at the same time the real driver behind it wasn't my happiness and that's what I really wanted yeah. to do yeah um and you know what you just mentioned about when you go to like a a family event or you see people um, like extended family or cousins or whoever who always have an opinion on how things should be and have this um, kind of idea that this is what everyone should be doing um, you know like I got married and on the day of our wedding 
people were like, so when are the babies coming? And I was just yeah. like, wow. Like, we've just spent the last... No yeah, no, no pressure, right? Uh, but it, it's crazy to think um, that that's what everyone's expectation is. And uh, I feel very fortunate and kind of lucky to have some level of self-awareness to go, okay, I know this is what they're saying, but we're going to choose something different or I'm going to choose something different yeah. because not many people may even feel like they have the opportunity to choose something else. I think this is such an important conversation. I did not expect this conversation to go here today, but I'm so glad it has because this is what um, I think so many more people need to hear. I've got a very interesting philosophy on these people who have their opinions yeah. and a lot of them are family. A lot of them are people that have good intentions and everything mm -hmm. else, which is love them but fuck what they say because <laughs> it's not their life. Yeah. And, no, I and I don't mean that in any disrespectful yeah. way, but it's like their advice is not your advice to, uh, that you must take on. Mm. And I think having that self-awareness to go, okay, I know what they're trying to say and I understand where they're coming from, but actually I'm still going to pursue what I want yeah. and what makes me happy puts you in a very powerful position actually, because it gives you the opportunity to carry on exploring what you really want. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's one aspect of what you do. Yeah. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the process of you kind of going through the Prince's Trust as someone who wanted that guidance and support and mentorship and everything else, you got inspired to create something of your own, right? Yeah. And that is uh, uncomplicated skincare. Yeah. So talk to me about that. How did that idea come about? Because uh, you said, you know, you didn't even know what you wanted to do when you got involved in that process. Yeah. So how did it all come about? Where was the moment where you got the inspiration to go, I'm going to focus on this? Yeah. Um, so I think um, with business, I've always kind of um, been interested to have my own business. But I think I just didn't know um, what I wanted to have a business in. And even like with my career, I just wanted to try lots of different things. Um, and you know, I just couldn't find something that I really enjoyed or was like passionate about. Initially, when you get into something like you do have that kind of drive and motivation and you are excited by it. But then I felt like everything that I was doing, the kind of the flame kind of died as time went on. Okay. Um, so I think like as I think going back to again a few months before I turned 30, um, I was I was unemployed, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I just really started to focus on, you know, what I wanted from life um, and how I was actually going to get there. Um, so I did start kind of just focusing on the basics, which was looking after myself, mm -hmm. looking after my mind, um, looking after, you know, what I was eating, exercising. Again, I'm not someone who is into exercising or going to the gym, but I had all this free time. So I started going to the gym. Um, and yeah, just kind of like looking after my skin. So I used to suffer from um, like acne and hyperpigmentation okay. um, all the way from like my teens. Um, so what is hyperpigmentation? So hyperpigmentation is basically, um, you know, like marks that come on your skin. Um, it's from like, it can be from acne or if you kind of cut yourself, it's like scars, but okay. a scar is probably more um, like, you know, it's a skin kind of wound, whereas pigmentation is kind of on the surface. Um, so yeah, I was I was struggling with that, and I thought, you know what, this is the time. You haven't got you haven't got anything else to do. You might as well start researching into how you can um, look after your skin, look after your body, mm -hmm. things like that. 
Um, so that's initially how I got into skincare. So it's not actually been a long time. If you think about it, it's only been three years. But once I started going um, and researching into um, skincare and products and ingredients, I found that I really enjoyed it. Um, and I started to um, make um, little things at home. So I started to make like a, um, a face scrub, okay. a face mask. And I would start using um, ingredients such as um, like rose water, um, coconut water, um, aloe vera. So all the ingredients that I thought were going to help, um, you know, like maybe help with my acne or like calm my skin um, with the acne. Um, and yeah, with all these fresh ingredients, um, I would make up a little batch and then I would put it in the fridge and I use it over a couple of days. Um, and then what I found is um, I was telling um, some friends and family about what I was making um, and some of them had noticed a little bit of a difference in my skin. Um, so they wanted me to make it for them. But okay. the issue that I had was um, the shelf life, obviously, of this face mask um, was only two to three days. Okay. So by the time I made a batch and I would get it over to them, they would maybe get like one use out of it um, before it kind of spoiled. Um, so that's when I thought about why don't I make something with um, powdered ingredients? So you get aloe vera um, powder, you get, um, you know, I've got coconut milk powder in there. I've got um, rice powder. So I didn't even realize of... you could get aloe vera in powder form. Yeah. Okay, so I, I cool. didn't know that at that point right. either. But I started researching into it. Um, and, you know, coming from like kind of an Asian background, um, you know, they do use like sandalwood powder, rose um, powder, all that kind of stuff into homemade masks and things like that. Okay. So I started making up these little masks and kind of, you know, um, things like that. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I can turn this into a business because I did have friends saying we would buy this like from you if you if you, if you made it. Um, so that's when I Googled how to get into, get onto like a business program. Um, and yeah, through that process, I've just, um, managed to, um, launch my own like kind of brand. Um, and another thing that I really was kind of conscious about was, um, I wanted to have kind of proper knowledge and like credentials of being able to make my own skincare. Okay. I didn't want to um just kind of make things at home and start selling them i wanted to make sure i understood what yep. each ingredient did um you know what were the benefits what were the purposes what if there's any potential kind of side effects that i might have um with people some people's skin like if they have something for example so i did a um cosmetic formulation diploma amazing um so yeah I, I kind of just invested a little bit of my savings yeah. to get onto this um, program. And yeah, so I managed to do that. And um, that really kind of gave me that confidence in terms of trying to create my own yeah. skincare. Um, and then alongside the business program, um, I managed to make something. Make something out of nothing, literally, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing, uh, which is essentially what business is, right? Um, so just to rewind a second, this all started with you basically Googling stuff to figure out what you could do to help your own yeah. self, your yeah. own skin. Yeah. So this was initially, yeah, it was just for, for me. Um, you know, I'm quite, I feel like I'm quite a creative person. Um, so I thought if I was going to um, 
start looking after my skin, what I found initially was there's so many different options on the market. There's so many different companies, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're selling so many different types of products, you, you know, different skin types, um, products for acne, products for dry skin. Um, and I found it quite overwhelming, just kind of navigating through that process of trying to find um, what works for my skin. Okay. Um, I spent quite a lot of money trying to achieve um, the skin that I wanted. Yep. Um, but it's, you know, with with skincare, it is trial and error. Sometimes, you know, an, um, a product that might suit you might not be um, a, a good fit for someone else. So okay. when you have, um, you know, beauty influencers who are kind of um, promoting certain products, you know, you always have that kind of, um, um, you know, you kind of get drawn into buying those products, but it, just because it worked for them doesn't necessarily necessarily mean it will work for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was quite quite a long process. Um, but I think the reason why I um, thought about making uncomplicated skincare is um, I wanted I wanted it to be a very simple process. So kind of you know, it took me maybe like a year to kind of figure out what works for my skin, what ingredients are good for me. I wanted to kind of um, shorten that process for someone who might be new coming mm -hmm. into um, looking after their skin, or even if they kind of had a basic skincare routine, um, how they could kind of just incorporate, um, you know, a few different products to kind of get the skin that they wanted. Um, I think there's kind of a misconception that with skincare, you have to have, you know, 10 step, 20 step, um you know product routine day and night and initially I did start off like that I don't know where I had the time to do that but I know, I'm not gonna lie my skincare routine is nowhere near as complex but I'm assuming for most women it's quite a lengthy process I know Chris has gone through so many <laughs> different things of like trying different uh serums and yeah. washes and all that kind of stuff so is the goal to remove the uh, well the complexity of all of that yeah yeah so I wanted to basically well I want to kind of simplify that process um to be honest you don't need to have so many different products um you just kind of wasted your money you know you keep you probably I found it very frustrating because I would buy a product mm -hmm. I would use it over um you know a few months and it would maybe it didn't do anything for my skin and I felt like well I've just spent all this money on yeah. this um, so what I kind of want to take that that process or that feeling of frustration away from people um, and my kind of vision for the future of, of my brand is to have um, about 10 to 12 products um, where they're all one, um, one type of each product. So for example, there's one face wash, there's one exfoliator there's one uh, moisturizer there's one one or two serums one facial oil but with with those um products i've tried to include ingredients that are going to be suitable for most skin types so even if you've got dry skin if you've got oily skin if you've got um sensitive skin i've tried to incorporate two or three ingredients which are going to help you with that um so i'm kind of trying to take out um that you know multi trying to have yeah. multiple different products um for lots of different like skin concerns that you might have um and another issue that a lot of people so from a market research what i found is a lot of people struggling with trying to understand like what 
ordered should you use different products okay um so i've tried to again what i want to do is include numbers on each product so you know exactly what step of the routine you should be using it and when to use it whether you should be using it in the morning or whether you should be using it at night so for example on our on my first product it's a powdered exfoliant so an exfoliator basically um, removes kind of dead skin cells. It kind of helps you unclog your pores and just kind of gives you that glow that everyone's after. So um, what I've done is I've got a simple- So you used it before we got on this call. Uh, <laughs> well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got um, a symbol of a, a moon on there because exfoliating, um, you want to do at night. Mm. Um, you don't want to go straight out into the sun after you've exfoliated um, because it will sensitize your skin. Um, and then I've got a little kind of number one telling you that this is supposed to be at the start of your routine. So as I kind of, um, you know, bring out more products, I'm going to have that kind of system in place. So it's easier for people to understand what what stage to use what yeah i think that's a great idea like this a simple number system to go you know you've got three products in the evening one two and three and the moon symbol is genius like so you know you can look at it one glance you know that's for the evening i'm assuming a sun symbol yeah, for the yeah. morning routine um well unless you're living in the uk in which case you can just have a moon for all all day <laughs> all day long um but yeah no that, that's a great idea um so Talk to me about how this business specifically relates to self-love, because, you know, just before we started recording as well, that's one of the things that you mentioned. And that's actually the first thing you mentioned around uh, why your business even exists. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about that. Where did that, um, how did that process start for you? Yeah. Um, so I think it was, um, you know, as, as most people have probably experienced as you're growing up, you know, you kind of are um, quite self-conscious of the way that you look. Um, and let's be honest, people can be mean. They <laughs> do point out your flaws um, quite a lot. Yep. Um, so obviously with me, it was um, with like the acne um, and things like that. And more recently, it's probably my white hair that um, people like to point out. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Don't worry. It's completely normal. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think, um, at, like I said, at that time, I was just um, trying to fix my acne yeah. um thinking that i could have perfect skin with kind of no blemishes no scars and you know just that kind of um instagrammable kind of skin that is out there on social media um and i think what i found is um obviously with social media it's not everything is not as it seems there's a lot of filters there's a lot of you know photoshop and airbrushing yeah, and all of apps that. that get rid of all blemishes instantaneously exactly. and all that kind of yeah stuff. so i i figured out i was trying to you know achieve this um you know perfect flawless skin that didn't actually exist mm. so um then i tried to figure out how i could kind of you know how i could help um like just trying to be comfortable in my skin I would say yep. and I just try to um accept um you know how who I like who I am and how my skin is um I try to stop being so hard on myself and like you know constantly criticizing myself um and I kind of understood that you know no, ma no matter how much um you know skincare you kind of apply to your skin it's not going to completely get rid of 
or your kind of concerns. Um, and again, with skincare, it's you have to kind of help yourself from the inside, not just the outside. So I did start drinking more water. I started eating more healthy. I, you know, I was kind of, um, you know, trying to reduce my stress levels, exercising, all that. That all kind of had a, a big impact on my body and my skin. Um, and I think after that process um, is when I started to feel like, you know, I'm comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. Um, I've accepted that, yeah, everyone has acne, wrinkles, you know, you have a bit of, um, you know, fat on you, but it's perfectly normal. It's, there's nothing to be, um, you know, worried about or think, you know, I'm, there's, I'm not pretty, I'm not ugly, I'm not um, or there's something unattractive. Wrong with me. Yeah, so um, I think all those kind of thoughts slowly started to, um, like, disappear. Um, and I feel like um, the skincare just kind of gave me that routine it gave me that confidence um, and just kind of like that self-acceptance um, over the last few years, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and how much of a influence do you think that, also not how much, but how long do you think that the influence of the, the false ideal of what social media represents for a lot of people, it's for women and for men, I, I think it's on both sides, yeah, probably yeah. equally. Um, how long did that really kind of affect you for? Was that like more of a shorter period of time or has that been going on for the last um, like I think six, to, seven years? No, I think to be honest, um, I think we're probably of that generation where, the, we, you know, we were around before the internet was born. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is very upsetting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like maybe um, we, uh, I don't know, this is my personal opinion, maybe we don't have it as um, bad as what, um, you know, the current generation has, mm. um, because, you know, like so everyone's on social media from such a young age yeah. and, you know, you're constantly, um, you know, shown images or films or whatever it is um, of people that just look perfect. So yeah. that is a big pressure, but I think, um, for me, it probably started happening again in my 20s um, with, you know, just seeing everyone having like this perfect life or this perfect kind of body or whatever it was. Um, and I think that's when I kind of started to feel it a bit more. Um, and I started to realize I was constantly comparing myself to um, everyone that was in my life, you know, um, and I had to actually take a step back. So over the last um, two, three years, I kind of just stopped using social media. Um, I might go on there here and here and there, but I stopped posting um, a lot of things because you do kind of tend to post the good bits of your life. You, yep. you don't ever sit there posting the, you know, the bad kind of um, the times that you're going through, you know, the times where you're feeling low or the times that, you know, you kind of, feel like there's nothing left there for you to do or you know things like that so um I did kind of take a step back um and I'm finding it a little bit hard now because I'm you know I've started my business now and I kind of you know I'm I'm the face behind the brand so I do kind of need to push myself out of that comfort zone mm. to show my face which is um something that I'm struggling with a little bit well um, today's a, a good start yeah. to get you on the camera um, yeah exactly um no force there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I think um I did kind of you know I've I've 
the whole um, idea of me kind of showing who I am um, has been, I have been finding it quite hard. Um, and I've been trying to, you know, push myself to do this for the, like, over a year, because obviously, like I said, I started this idea two years ago. Um, and it's only recently that I really did put my face out onto mm-hmm. um, Instagram. Um, but I think once you do it, you do kind of, you feel a little bit, I want to say I feel a bit better, uh, feel a bit more confident. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready to do a little bit more, but yeah, it's, still, it's always kind of, I feel like you're constantly working on yourself to kind of improve yourself and trying to push yourself out of that comfort zone and just get over your fears, um, which maybe um, a lot of people don't realize when you start doing a business, um, you know, you, you see this kind of glamorous lifestyle that, yeah. Um, entrepreneurs might have where you know they're making lots of money they're really successful you know they're hitting their goals and things like that but it's it's it is a hard kind of graft um you know they don't see the nights where you know I've haven't kind of I've haven't slept yeah because I'm constantly worrying about you know if I'm going to make it if I'm going to be able to launch a product if I'm going to be able to make a success out of it and you do kind of you know I think your the biggest crit, critic in your life is actually you. There's Always. so many things yeah. that I've talked myself out of. Um, and, you know, I've had to really kind of work on the way that I kind of um, perceive life or, you know, I've had to change my mindset. And this is why I've started to do things which I um, probably don't ever want to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do them now and just trying to, embrace the opportunities that come my way instead of trying to talk myself out of it and thinking I'm going to fail um I I sit there thinking yeah, but what if it happens like yeah exactly this is the time for you to do it you're never gonna um you know you're never gonna find out unless you give it a go 100 yeah. percent. And, and you know if the possibility of failure exists well then the possibility of success also must exist yeah. Yeah. um and then when you look at it that way you get to choose you choose the path of just believing that your only option is failure or do you choose the path of well success is possible yeah so let me go and see what happens I mean I, I totally resonate with the the whole fear thing because you know I, I put out content every now and then on Instagram and uh, TikTok and stuff like that and I am shitting myself every single time I put something out there yeah and it doesn't come across like that by the way you well, which is, so thank you for that um, <laughs> but I am shitting myself like I am and I sat down the other day and I was like, well, what am I actually scared of? And before I answer that, actually, I want to know, because you mentioned fear around all of it. What are you actually, what do you think it is that you're afraid of when it comes to putting yourself out there and getting your face out there, uh, being the face of a brand that you've created from nothing and putting together this product, which is incredible. What, what is it that you're worried about? Where do you think that fear comes from? Um, I think... Um, it probably comes I think growing up I felt like I always had to be kind of like the smartest person Mm -hmm. in the room or you know be the most kind of successful Um, and I feel like I've always been kind of I have kind of perfectionist traits which is not always a good thing so even when you know creating the brand or creating the the product I was constantly trying to um, make something that looked like what all the big kind of skincare brands are making but for me um, and for a lot of small businesses that's not possible because we don't have the budget for that 
Um, so, you know, you're comparing, um, again, it's like you're trying to achieve something that is not really achievable um, at this current moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, the other fear that I probably have is, you know, you feel, I felt like I was exposing myself to the outside world, whereas mm. I'd kind of closed myself off over the last few years, um, you know, coming off social media and just trying to live like that very private life and just working on myself. So um, I felt like um, I had become a new person now. I feel like I'm a new person. And I was now putting myself out there for everyone to kind of judge um, and, you know, you know, again, like we said, people um, have opinions. People can be mean. People can be mean, <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't kind of ready for that. Um, luckily, I've found that there are a lot of supportive people, um, even if it's not, you know, your friends and family, there are people out there who will support you yep. when you're trying to make something of yourself. Um, and the final thing that I think I'm, I'm actually um, quite worried about is, probably actually becoming successful um I know that might sound a little bit strange but you know I feel like um I feel like if I became successful I would finally be happy but then you I, I feel like sometimes when you're really happy that's when you have kind of a big setback or something that really has knocked my confidence in the past mm. so I'm kind of you know maybe worried that if I do kind of get to that happiness again um it's going to be something bad is going to happen um and you know I don't know how I would be able to deal with that basically so I find that fascinating because I completely agree uh with what you just said and isn't it crazy how our past experiences thoughts feelings assumptions all that stuff yeah uh, can come back and make us feel like well if we go and try and achieve that level of happiness again mm. it's actually more dangerous yeah yeah um which then makes you go well let me do something that is not as fulfilling not something that's going yeah. to make me as happy because I don't want to experience the same hurt again yeah yeah um, and then the other thing that you said which I completely agree with is the fear of judgment because People can be dicks. Like that's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, and and what's something else that you touched on, which is uh, I find super interesting, is you'll often find more support from strangers than you will from the people who you thought were closest to you. Yeah. How have you kind of dealt with that over the last couple of years? Have you noticed a lot of that, where random people on the internet, based on you posting something or putting yourself out there have congratulated you kind of given you this sense of like wow like I'm, I'm doing something that is impactful inspiring all those things and family and friends and people that you thought would be that person for you have just been quiet mm -hmm. how have you navigated that have you has it impacted you a lot um I think I think every entrepreneur um kind of says the same thing which is you know, when you're trying to, um, you know, do something different, um, your friends and family are not going to be the ones that make your business. They're not going to be um, your biggest supporters. Um, it's more, you know, the random people that are going to be the ones that make you successful. So I think um, I was sort of prepared. I had prepared myself mentally to um, accept that if that was the case. 
um, and to a certain extent it has been. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you do count on, um, you know, your friends and your family being there to kind of support you through this process. Um, but you have to remember, I, I see it as um, I'm doing something that not anyone in my family or my close group of friends has done. You know, they, they're doing um, the kind of normal things, which is going to work, getting married and, you know, following that mm -hmm. path. Um, and I'm trying to do something different. So I just see it as they might not understand what I'm trying to do. Um, and um, as long as I have that kind of faith and that belief in myself and, you know, that confidence that I will be able to um, take this where I want to, um, eventually they will come on board and, you know, they'll be, they'll be happy for me or they'll be, you know, supporting me. Um, but I think, I think that's something that like lots of people have kind of touched upon before. So I did kind of prepare myself for that, I think. Yeah. So mentally prepared for that. And that actually takes me perfectly onto mental health, which is something that you mentioned uh, a little while ago, which is when you started taking care of yourself and made yourself the priority, one of the things that you focused on was your uh, mental state and making sure that that was in a good space. Yeah. What were some of the practical things that you did to get yourself into what you consider to be a good mental space for you? Yeah, um, I think um, for me, I try to do um, things that, you know, a lot of people kind of talk about, which is, you know, like maybe to like meditate or, you know, do yoga and do practice mindfulness and things like that. And um, I don't know, I've never really got, in, get, got into yoga, um, meditation. I find it very difficult. Um, and I feel like I struggle to kind of like, maybe like clear my mind of all the different mm. thoughts that I have in my head. Um, so for me, um, I do kind of see skincare as that kind of way forward. Um, because at that point in time, you, you are just focusing on, you know, like, like cleaning your skin or making yourself feel good. You know, when you, when you see your skin, like looking nice and things like that, like you do kind of get that, that confidence or you feel like you, you know, you're in your happy place while you're doing it. Um, I have tried to, you know, um, I felt I have, I do feel like, you know, going for walks and things like that, kind of connecting with nature has really um, helped me. Um, I'm someone that kind of like loves the beach and the ocean and things like that. Um, it's like, it's, it's where I kind of find peace and it's kind of like my happy place. Um, and obviously lot, over the last couple of year, years, I haven't been able to kind of go abroad and go to the places that I want to. So I've actually been kind of um, going to places in the UK. Um, so recently in September, I went on a kind of my first solo trip down to Margate um and I just went exploring and I was just by the sea and yep. yeah I really um enjoyed it I did um have kind of um I did have a day where I I did kind of struggle um because you know I felt a bit lonely and things like that but I think all in all I think it was a successful first solo trip amazing <laughs> um, so yeah that was good I, but I think what I tell um my friends or what advice I give to them when they're in a bad place is try and do one thing that you enjoy um, every day. So even if it's something small, like, you know, reading a book or, you know, just going for a walk or cooking or whatever it is that, that kind of gets you out of bed on those days that you're struggling to get out of bed. 
just do that keep doing that every single day and slowly you'll start to I felt like it I've, I've noticed that I feel better a lot sooner than if I'm just kind of back in bed Sorry for myself yeah. sometimes. No, that, yeah. It's an awesome way to, uh, what, what you said about meditation, I completely agree with, which is anything can be meditation, anything. So whether it is uh, skincare, cooking, dancing, yoga, playing guitar, uh, going for a walk in nature, or sitting down cross-legged for 15 minutes and just having your eyes closed, they're all actually a version of meditation from my point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, I posted something today, which is a 60 second meditation, which people might go, yeah, but you can't achieve anything in 60 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you find meditation hard and you don't want to sit down for 15 mm -hmm. minutes, 60 seconds is better than doing zero. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's true. just one aspect of doing it. Uh, there's a book that's sitting up here, um, A Monk's Guide to Happiness, uh, which is a super interesting book because for the first time ever, and I've, I learned how to meditate when I was 13 and I've learned many different ways of doing it. That's the first time I've ever read where a monk turned around and goes, you should meditate with your eyes open. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's interesting. Why would you go and do that? And he goes, well, if you are meditating with your eyes closed, you're essentially saying to yourself that you can only find peace when your eyes are closed. That but sense, you yeah. don't go around walking around yeah. your day-to-day -day life with your eyes closed. So, you know, he was in a monastery somewhere up in the north of Scotland in one of the islands. Um, I didn't realize there was monasteries there. Uh, and then uh, because he travels a lot um, in London for talks that he does and stuff like that, um, he would meditate on the tube with his eyes open and he would wow. just become present to all the noise, the chaos and everything else. And like, ultimately for me, meditation is nothing more then the opportunity to become present. Mm. And I think there's a big misconception around how if you meditate, you should be thoughtless. Yeah, yeah. Right, which is uh, personally, I think impossible uh, because I think the average is like you have 80,000 thoughts a day. Oh. So when, yeah. when you look at that, you have three thoughts or four thoughts a second mm. in your day. So to try and have no thought seems so difficult. Yeah. And also if you're trying to focus on having no thoughts, you're not being present because you're trying to focus on having no thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So, true. you know, like what you said about using skincare, I would imagine that that brings you a moment of peace. Yeah. Yeah. And if it brings you a moment of peace and a moment of presence of what you're doing, then ultimately you're meditating, which is by far one of the best ways mm -hmm. to uh, improve mental health. Yeah, for that's sure. a really interesting way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, honestly, that book blew my mind when he said, oh, I meditate with my eyes open. I'm like, I in all my life that I've meditated in, yeah, that has never been even mm. a consideration. So to have that, that was, yeah, it was crazy. But I do practice it every now and then where I might be sitting somewhere and instead of closing my eyes, I'll keep my eyes open and I'll try and just find a moment of peace in that moment and just witness what's going on become present to not just the sounds and everything else but yeah what i can actually see happening and it's a super interesting process definitely worth a try for anyone listening as well it's definitely worth yeah. a try um okay so let's talk a bit more about the business because i'm assuming the business brings you a lot of days where like you said there's sleepless nights there's worry there's 
uh, anxiety, there's stress, there's all those things. Yeah. And you've got your techniques uh, that you use to bring yourself uh, back to a state of calm mm. uh, through meditation and what well, through skincare meditation and any other thing that you do. Um, what's been the biggest struggle in the business so far for you? Um, I think it probably has been the fact that I, like I said, um, you are your kind of biggest critic. So for mm -hmm. me, um, getting to that place where I thought, okay, I'm finally ready to do this um, is what was probably the thing that took the longest. So now once I started, the kind of momentum and that kind of motivation and determination that I had, um, it has been quicker than finally convincing myself to actually do this. Mm. Um, I didn't actually tell anyone that this is what I wanted to do. I just started doing it because I thought if I started telling people, they would one, start judging me, but also if I did fail, they would then, you know, I might get the, oh, I told you, or what would, what did you think you were doing? Like, it's not possible for you to do this. So I did kind of keep it um, to myself. I think I only started telling um, close family and friends, like maybe about six months or like a year later, once I felt like I've done so much work with this, like there's no way that I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Um, but even, you know, with social media, um, one an advice that I got from someone who was already, um, you know, had launched a kind of skincare brand was get on social media as soon as you can. Um, but again, it was just, I, I just wasn't ready. Um, and I think sometimes people think that, um, you know, the comments that are some of the comments that maybe I got is like, why are you taking so long? Like, why is it taking you so long to launch your business? Why is it taking you so, so long to show your face? But I just see it as um, I'm constantly, I feel like I'm constantly working on myself. So once I'm ready, I will, I will do it. You know, I've got goals that I've got in place, but sometimes it's easier to kind of push yourself to do certain things. And sometimes um, you need to kind of, wait and kind of take that kind of baby steps towards it before you actually do it um but it doesn't mean that it's not happening do you know what I mean it's that that thought process is there you're you're constantly kind of working on it um and I think you know some days I've you know I've sat there and I've kind of done nothing because I felt like I kind of felt like maybe paralyzed to even do something there's you know a million things to do on my list um you know even you know you're trying to juggle everything with working full-time like having a social life seeing friends and family trying to look after yourself and um all that but on those days when I kind of um feel like I can't do anything I do give myself um like an evening off to just watch kind of Netflix and just not do anything. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like if you, if you don't give yourself those days off, you, you do kind of exhaust your mind and your body um, to the point where I think sometimes I just, there was weeks or even months where I just didn't do anything because I was just so overwhelmed by the whole whole thing which is probably why it took me so long to get to where I am now 
Um, so now I have, you know, I, I try and the way that I kind of plan my week is every, every Friday or Saturday evening, I'll kind of take off Fridays of for me to maybe like just watch TV and just do nothing, do something mm-hmm. that I enjoy, you know, grab a pizza. Yep. Um, and then I'll do one thing on a Saturday or a Sunday where I um, spend time with family or friends and have a lion. And that's kind of, you know, that's what I've been doing over the last year or so, which has really helped me. So, you know, when it's time for me to work, I'm working. When it's time for me to actually relax and just spend some time quality time with myself or with my friends and family that's what has helped me kind of keep pushing week by week um to kind of get where i want to go amazing so in terms of uncomplicated skincare uh the product that you have at the moment is the scrub what makes this scrub special why should someone go and try it out why should they test it out what is the benefit of using this over what's well uh, what's out there in its in all of its complexity uh, and all of its stages yeah so um i purposely didn't use the word scrub in um when i was trying to figure out what i was going to call this product okay um with scrubs um just even that word like that movement of scrubbing your face i feel like it's a very harsh word um yeah it's quite aggressive yeah so and you don't really want to be um scrubbing your your especially your facial skin is like quite um it's more delicate than Mm -hmm. the skin on your body um so which is why i called um it um glowing greens exfoliant so um again the reasons why um i wanted to create um um an exfoliator initially was because um, I felt when I used to have kind of clogged pores and acne and things like that, um, using a um, a facial exfoliant or scrub, whatever it is that you use, um, really did help my skin. Um, But what I was finding is um, I started using, um, I don't know if you know about chemical exfoliants, so Mm -hmm. AHAs and BHAs like glycolic acid, so I would have no idea about the details there but please explain it so yeah (laughs) so chemical exfoliants are kind of um they're more um targeted to like go deeper into your skin they're they're supposed to be um initially they were like more gentle than using like a a physical exfoliant Mm -hmm. like um like a coffee scrub Mm -hmm. which is quite harsh on your face and can cause like like micro tears Um, so chemical exfoliation has really taken off um, in the last few years in the skincare community. Um, but I think what has happened is um, companies have started to increase the concentration of those ingredients, um, which um, is actually causing an adverse effect, which is over exfoliating your skin. And that's when people are damaging their skin and their skin barrier. So for me, um, I did go to that point where I was exfoliating my skin um, using the chemical exfoliants quite a lot and it was my skin was becoming very irritated and you know it's kind of like I mean kind of I don't want to say burn but you are kind of really you're being very aggressive with your skin Um, so what I wanted to do is kind of incorporate both of those kind of processes of a physical exfoliant and a chemical exfoliant because I think with when you get that balance right is when you kind of get um, 
I don't want to say perfect exfoliation, but you know, that's what that's what I felt like I was um, getting. And then the third kind of exfoliation type that you have is with the use of like enzymes. So like one of the ingredients that I've got in my um, product is papaya. Mm -hmm. um, so papain, the enzyme basically breaks down um, the glue that kind of holds your skin cells together. Okay. Um, and there are a few products out there on the market that do use all three types of exfoliation. Um, but I wanted to kind of go down the more um, natural kind of route. So all my ingredients, I wanted them to come, come from nature. So I found alternatives to um, AHAs and BHAs um, from hibiscus and white willow bark. Okay. Um, so that's that was kind of like the basis of what my, my product was going to be. So it's very gentle. Um, it's not um, aggressive on your skin. So are they the natural version of the chemicals that are more artificially used in yeah. the day-to-day -day products that yeah. people might be purchasing? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And again, there's nothing wrong with, I think another kind of common misconception is that chemicals are bad mm -hmm. um, for your skin. But if you think about it, there's chemicals everywhere. Water is a chemical oxygen like it, these are all natural things but you know um doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them mm -hmm. so even in skincare um chemical ingredients there's you know there's nothing wrong with them they are there to kind of help solve a problem um but um i think um the thing that people um well marketing companies have probably started to do is kind of started to um you know build uh, marketing around fear-mongering and saying that this is a natural version um and you know like they're kind of greenwashing um some of the things that their um products kind of might be um claiming to do so so just explain uh greenwashing so it's if you some companies what they do is they will say like oh you know we've got a product and it's 100% natural, but then when you actually go through the ingredient list, there is a lot of kind of um, ingredients that don't come from nature. Okay. Um, and it's just, um, that was one of the things that I kind of um, wanted for my brand is to be quite honest and open and transparent about what I'm using. So I'm not saying that I would never use um, kind of synthetic ingredients because in certain instances, um, some synthetic ingredients are actually you can't find a natural alternative and they are actually just better when they're kind of a synthetic version of them so for example niacinamide is an ingredient that is really good for your skin um, you know it's good for so many things like you know acne brightening your skin kind of reducing redness but you cannot find um, what well, I, I haven't found so I haven't found like a natural alternative to it um, so I would use the synthetic kind of version of it because it's such a great skincare ingredient. Um, but I think so. I think for me, um, everything that I kind of do with my products and my ingredients and the, the kind of brand is I just want to be kind of open and transparent um, and try and be as kind of, um, you know, kind to like the planet and animals and the environment as much as I can be. Um, Sometimes it is a bit hard because being a small business, when you're trying to do these things, it's harder to kind of absorb these kind of costs where 
-hmm. for the bigger kind of companies it is a little bit easier um but then i just see it as like it's an advantage for us because um i'm starting off um exactly the way that i would want my 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 kind of company to run so if if i did end up you know scaling up and expanding all these kind of processes are already in place we've yeah. kind of already taken those costs into consideration so as we expand we'll still be able to you know um follow the the values that we have amazing so where can people find you where can people uh try your product um and what's been the common feedback from the people that have uh, used it already yeah um so initially i was giving out samples um to like friends and family um and i did ask for very honest feedback and i did get it from quite a few people um which was good because obviously with the feedback um you have to think of it as it's constructive feedback so anything that people say you're going to use that to improve yeah. um the actual product so i actually went through 10 different versions of glowing greens before i got to the final one um and i thought okay now this is the one that i actually want to put out onto the market um so yeah um question <laughs> So where can people uh, find the product? Yeah. Uh, what's been their feedback now? Yeah. Uh, okay. With the like the tenth iteration. Yeah. So um, um, I think with the feedback from um, you know people actually buying the product, um, a lot of people have said that they do really enjoy using the product. They hadn't come across like the powdered kind of concept um, of skincare, um, which is something that I think is starting to become quite um, trendy at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, people have said that they've noticed a difference in their skin. They feel that it's kind of brightened their skin. All the kind of dead skin cells have, um, you know, been sloughed off. And yeah, I think people are enjoying it. So obviously, um, the product only launched about four or five weeks ago, so it's still quite new. Um, I think people, as people use it over time, um, which is something that with skincare, you don't really kind of get instant results. It's something that is a journey. And, yeah. you know, as you use products, they become, they have certain kind of times, um, after certain times where it becomes more effective. So I'm excited to hear what people um, will come back to, uh, come back to me with in like three months time. Yep. Um, obviously, I use my own product um, and I've, felt that it has made a difference. Um, so I know that, or I feel that, you know, people will really start to um, understand the full potential of what the product is. Um, currently we are selling on Etsy mm -hmm. um, and we're also building um, a website and we've actually got our very first pop-up um, on the 16th of November um, from 4 to 9 p.m. in um, Shepherd's Bush, Westfield. Amazing. So, yeah. If you're, so you're going to have a West uh, on the 16th of November. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, double check the calendar and if we're free, <laughs> we're definitely coming down for that because that sounds awesome. Yeah. Where are you going to be in Westwood? Do you know? Um, so I think it's right outside um, like Adidas and Accessorize. Oh, um, nice. In the, in the middle. So yeah, I thought, um, you know, initially I didn't want to start off with such a, such a big location. Yeah. Um, but the opportunity came and I just went with it. So that's incredible. Our Christian just clapping in the background as well, which is awesome. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's really good to hear. And I think that will get a lot of eyeballs on, uh, the stand, obviously, 
a lot of people coming up to you to ask questions and just getting the brand out there, which is essentially what social media and everything else is all designed to do anyway, yeah. which is just yeah. get it out there. So it's all on Etsy at the moment online. The website's yeah. in the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be at Westfield in a couple of weeks, yeah. uh, quite literally, which is amazing. Um, and then my last two questions for you, and these are more left field, nothing to do with the business or anything else. Yeah. Uh, what are what would you say is your most inspiring book and movie, and why? Okay. Um. So my um most inspiring movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, I don't get a lot of time to watch TV and movies and stuff, but um, I watched um. It's a film called Joy. Um. Okay. With Jennifer Lawrence. And it shows her um, starting out, starting um, her own business of, um, she basically designs this self-ringing mop is what she calls it. Um, But it just shows you like kind of struggles that she went through and like, you know, how her family um, and, you know, people around her were just, just kind of putting her down and like not, um, understanding what her vision was for you know her product and where she wanted to take it um, and yeah I just found that very inspirational um, and I think the ending was where she I don't want to spoil it for anyone but um, <laughs> spoiler alert it, it, to say it yeah spoiler alert. <laughs> she she basically um, you know it shows a point where her life completely changed um, like that kind of pivotal moment of when she decided to do something and how that would um, change her kind of entire life, her business life, her personal life, everything. And I just, um, I just thought that was very powerful. And yeah, it was just amazing. Love it. I've never seen the movie, so it's on my list now. I've just written it down. So that's definitely getting watched. And uh, do you have an inspiring book, something that's uh, kind of driven you, inspired you, helped you make a decision? What would that be? Yeah. So um, it was actually a book that you recommended. Amazing. um, (laughs) A few months ago, I think it was. So um, it's called Chapter One. You have the power to change stuff. Yeah, this is the book. (laughs) Here we go, Chapter One. I'll tag these guys in it as well. Uh, It's by Daniel Flynn. Yeah. So um, I haven't actually finished the book. I only started reading the first couple of chapters, but I think um, just the way that it's written and the kind of topics that they touch on, um, you know, being um, trying to be like a company that um, has such a big impact on, Mm -hmm. you know, society and like, you know, people, it was just, it was, I don't know, I, I was just literally like, oh, wow, my mind's just blown, <laughs> literally within the first couple of chapters. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to actually finish reading the book and just, um, yeah. I think what's amazing about that book and why I recommended it to you as well is because this book's written in the perspective of the business still happening, still yeah. being built, the struggles, the reality of everything that they're going through right now. Yeah. Whereas... Uh, a lot of books and obviously this is no criticism on any book because I love uh, all these kinds of books but most of the books are done after the fact yeah. uh, so they kind of do a, a recap of the journey of 10 20 30 40 years yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas this is the last couple of years it's all fresh in their minds and all the learnings of the beginning part of the journey in business yeah have been captured in this book which I think is amazing yeah yeah uh, so yeah I love it I'm glad you're enjoying it as well um <laughs> And then the final question is, if you could go back in time to one point in your life to give your younger self just one piece of advice, yeah. what age would you go back to 
Yeah. And what would you say? I would probably go back to when I was in my, probably when I turned 20, I want to say. But yeah, my 20s. Um, And I would just tell like my younger self that, um, you know, stop worrying about what everyone thinks or what you should be doing. Like just enjoy. I feel like I didn't enjoy my 20s as much as Mm. I would have wanted to because I was always holding myself back um, for whatever reasons, you know, for failure or kind of, you know, worried about what people think or what people will say. Um, and I think that's something that's quite um, common within our culture as well. But I think that stopped me from taking opportunities or, you know, holding myself back. Um, so I would go back and just tell myself that everything's going to work out. You just need to keep doing whatever you kind of, whatever makes you happy and what mm. brings you joy, which is kind of what I've been doing over the last couple of years. And, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm at my happiest now, so. Definitely to go back and have more fun. I yeah. love that. Pavi, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been an awesome conversation. And uh, for anyone listening, you can go and find uh, Uncomplicated Skincare on uh, Etsy. I will link that in this, um, in the Instagram post. And obviously I'll tag you in that as well. Uh, but honestly, thank you so much for being here. It's Thanks been a pleasure. Me. And uh, I think it's been extremely insightful. Amazing. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mindful Creator Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and you got some value from it, I'd really, really appreciate a review. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone that you think could benefit. Thanks again. Have an amazing day and stay visionary.